gives glory. And these principles that I have been sharing with you uh, for the last, really for the whole month of June, and I've stated this before and I want to say it again, if you listen very carefully and you apply these principles, in other words, if you lay hold upon what you have been hearing and then begin to make application, you will discover that not only will your life uh, feel more fulfilled, that, but that when you go to work, you would really come to a place where you're making a difference in your environment. How many of you know God has called us to make a difference? Every one of us, we've been called to make, an, to make a difference. And so there's so much time that we invest in our work. And, uh, and God has given us all of that time so that we can glorify him in the process. Um, we talked about um, the fact uh, throughout this series, and I'll just recap a couple things we've talked about to bring us up to par. Um, we talked initially about uh, being planted for impact. Uh, how many know that God has you where he has you so that you can make an impact? It is God's design that wherever he plants you, that you blossom wherever you are. That doesn't matter what your occupation is. How many know and how many of you believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? Did anybody believe that? So with that simply means, if I believe that God is directing my steps, if I believe that God is leading and guiding me, then I must believe that the place that I'm at, God is there with me. Uh, the Bible says, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So Joseph, many of us will look at Joseph's situation and how he came up uh, the situations that he had to uh, deal with, and many of us would say, uh, you know, at least at the beginning of that, not knowing the end of the story, but we would, many of us today would say, man, God wasn't, no way God was in Joseph being thrown in a pit and sold into slavery and end up in jail and all, I mean, we would look at that and say, no way. But we discovered that Joseph kept a God conscience. Everybody say God conscience. And in that, Joseph blossomed Wherever they put him, where he landed in Potiphar's uh, house, he served with distinction and honor, he blossomed. When they threw him in prison, when he was there, he blossomed. And then, you know, and then ultimately, he became the leader in all of Egypt. How do we know he blossomed big time? And so we need to look at our lives in the same way. It may look like it's not a blessing now. Some of us got jobs, and we may think it's not a blessing. But if your attitude is, God, I'm going to blossom where you plant me, then your, everything begins to change. You begin, everything begins to come into focus, and you begin to really enjoy the good things that God is doing in your life. We talked about last week uh, the purpose of work. And so we took a journey there, and we realized that the work is really a gift from God. How many of you believe that? It's a gift. Um, we underscored the fact that work was given uh, before the fall of man, before Adam and Eve had sinned against God and eating that forbidden fruit, God had already planned that Adam worked. We talked about the fact that God created the earth and then God needed a man to till the ground and he put Adam to work. Everybody say work. He put him to work. And, and then what we see there is that God's design was that he take care of it, that he cultivated, that, that this was all a part of what God was doing. And so we talked about that, that, that we have been designed in part to work, to glorify, to glorify God. And the work was not just uh, uh, some form or some kind of an activity, but it is about contribution. How do we know that we all should be contributing something?
Um, so we have worked really, really hard to connect our work uh, to heaven. And how many of you believe that God is in your work? How many of you really believe God is in your work? Really think about it. All of work, think about this. Look at it from this perspective. All of work is about service. All of work is service. So whether, listen, so whether you are a, uh, a nurse, you're serving. Whether you have a business in some form, that business is designed to make people's lives better. You're serving. Whether you're, you're, a, uh, you're collecting trash, how many know it's a form of service? Whether you're a teacher, you are serving. You are contributing. Work is about contribution. It is about making lives around us better. And so when we begin to look at work in that way, and not just look at it as a means in order to support my end, then it changed the whole way of how we look at work. It changes the whole uh, perspective. And so today, I want to end the series talking about our work and eternity. In other words, I want to connect today how that your work here on earth today how that it will follow you all the way to eternity. How many know that's good news? If you're a good worker, it's really, really good news. <laughs> and so many people have this faulty view of heaven. You talk to some folks and who don't really have a real good theology on heaven, there are many people that think that heaven, that when we get to heaven, uh, we're just going to uh, walk on the streets of gold, uh, and we're just going to, you know, shout no, hallelujah, and we're just going to do the cabbage patch uh, all throughout heaven, and we're just going to be sipping and relaxing and just sitting back and tanning and whatever. And, and how many know that heaven is much, 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 much more than that? In fact, in the next life, there will be a kingdom. Everybody say a kingdom. How many know that kingdom has rules? It has a, a structure. And when we get to heaven, we're not just going to be just there. We are going to be serving. We are going to be working. We are going to be loving. The only difference is between uh, then and now is that sin would have been totally and completely eradicated. There would be no sin in the next. Can anybody say hallelujah to that? Uh, I, I say no sin. There would be no unrighteousness. There will be no sin. There will be perfection, and we will serve, and we will love. And by the way, many of all of us are going to get a brand new body. Hallelujah. We're going to look forever young. We're going to look good. We're going to feel good. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. There will be no more pain. There will be nothing but explicable joy in heaven. Joy. But listen to me. You are still going to have some responsibility in heaven. Much of what we do right now on this earth, we are working for eternity. See? I want, you to, I, want you, I want that to sink in for a moment. I want that to really sink. We are working for eternity. If your heart is in the right place and you understand why you do what you do and that you do it as unto the Lord, in which we spoke about last week, then you understand that your work here on earth connects you right to heaven. So we look at the name and say, it's a setup. <laughs> your work right here on earth is a setup. So I want you to think about how, look, think about your work, your work ethic and how you work here on earth. 
I want you to think about, do you do such a good job that in the end of what you do, that you believe that you're going to be rewarded really, really well? How many know that God, at the end of the day, God is a businessman? And God, listen to me, God rewards hard work. How many know that in heaven, there's going to be responsibility? There's going to be, I don't know about you, but I want to get everything God has for me. Can anybody say amen? I, I, whatever it is that God has for me, I want to get it. And so I want to make sure that I am doing the best job because I believe that God has ordered my steps now. You all told me in the beginning. You said, Pastor, I believe that my steps are ordered by God. So on your job, God ordered you there. Well, I don't like my job. I don't believe it. Well, whatever you believe right now, today, you are there. And you are to blossom. You are to work as unto the Lord, knowing from the Lord you shall receive the reward. So you need to look at your work like this. I know you might, I know, I know the paperwork may say supervisor on, on the supervisor's door. It may say John Doe, but you need to scratch it off and say Jesus Christ. I, I, I know the owner of the business of the company you work for, it, it may say uh, Jane Doe, but, but you really need to scratch it off and say, God owns it all. How many know that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells in it? How many know you cannot escape God nowhere that you go? God is in everything. Look at your neighbor and say, God's in it. So we got to understand that how your work not only matters now, this is, this is a big connection. This is my assignment this morning. But your work will matter in the future. What you do now will affect how you will serve God in eternity. Now, there's a verse I want to look at in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 10. I want you to go ahead and turn there in your Bible, 2 Peter. Uh, chapter number three, verse number 10. And it reads, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Now, let me stop right there here for a moment because when you really begin to study scripture in its totality and look at the context, uh, this verse seems to imply that everything that we do, your work, your service, everything, it is going to be all burnt up. But what Peter is really communicating there is that, that the present earth and the, and the heavens will ultimately be purified from all sin and all unrighteousness. Y'all remember in Genesis chapter number uh, six, in fact, uh, Genesis 6.13, God has said this uh, concerning uh, the sin. God had made man and, 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 and God said the earth is full of violence. In fact, God said, I am sorry that I ever made man. And then that's when God instituted the flood. Well, you know, God made a statement. God said right then and there, God said this. God said, I will destroy them, meaning men, with the earth. Now, how many know that what God, in actuality, what he did was he washed away. He was judging the sin at that time. 
and he didn't totally and completely annihilate the earth. What he's talking about there is that he's going to renovate. He's going to extrapolate. He's going to take out. He's going to gut this thing out till it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Is anybody, does anybody get excited about that? Anybody excited about righteousness? Is, 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 am I only pre- is anybody looking forward to the day when the, when, the, when the earth will be rid of sin and unrighteousness and there will be holiness and there will be perfection? We won't be yelling and screaming about sin. It will be over, done with, capiche, done. God is going to purify and eradicate all sin from the earth. And so what that must, what we got to understand then about that is when, when God talks about dealing with, with, with things and when God talks about the earth and, 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 and bringing judgment, he's really talking about all the sin that is in the earth. So whatever is good, listen to me, and whatever is done in Jesus' name will follow you all the way into heaven. I'm going to show that to you here in a moment. So for an example, um, Romans 8. Uh, chapter uh, uh, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 21 and 23. Look at this. It says, because the creation itself, look at this, talking about God's creation. All right, listen to this. Also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know, listen to this, church, that the whole creation, think about it. Earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, you know, all kind of catastrophe, natural disasters. The whole creation is groaning and laboring with birth pangs together even till this day. How many know what I'm talking about? The whole creation has been affected by sin. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Anybody waiting to be redeemed? Hallelujah. So God's plan is to redeem the earth and to redeem not only us, but to redeem the earth back to its original state as he had intended it to be. Second Corinthians chapter number three. Look at that for a moment. Second Corinthians chapter number three. We'll start reading in verse number 13. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 13. Each one's work will become clear. Look at this. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire would test each one's work of what sort it is. All right, so let's think about that here for a moment. Here's what the scripture says, that each one's work will become clear. So think about it. Your work, you know, think about your, your character, your attitude, your motives, what you do on the job, because that is a form of service. How do you know God is looking at the whole of your life? So you got to think about if you're on the job, for an example, and you are disrespectful and you're doing a bad job, or, or if you're not doing your work to your fullest ability, how many know that God is testing that work? God eyes is on you. How many know that God sees everything? 
He said, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. See? If anyone work which he has built on, it endures. Look at this. He will receive a reward. You see? So if the work that you do now, you do it well, he says, you will receive a reward. That's what he's talking about, a reward. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. Verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. So we must understand that that God sees our work and that God is going to reward us. Well, how is he going to reward us? He's going to reward us. Listen, God's reward is not going to be like an awards bank. You know, I have big old awards banquets and, and you just hand everybody a trophy. Hey, good job. No, no, it won't be like that. No, God is going to reward us for eternity. We are going to serve him. We are going to have responsibilities. God is going to reward us in the next life for how we do the work we do down here on earth. How many know that God sees the heart of what we do? and not just what we do. Let me say that again. God sees the heart of what we do, and not just what we do. God is only going to reward us for the work that is done with the right character and with the right spirit. So whether or not you're serving in the context of church, how you do that, your spirit, your attitude, will determine your reward. If you go to work and you're driving to work and you spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week at their workplace. How many know that how you work there, the level of the work you do there, the quality of the work you do there, it is all going to be factored in. You don't really think that you're going to go to heaven and God's just going to forget about all the hours you spent on the job, are you? Do you think God's going to forget about that? Oh, no. He's going to, he's going to bring everything into account. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verse 14 says, For God will bring every work into judgment. Watch this, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Look at how many know that every work includes all work? So it includes character, it includes our attitude, it includes the quality of the work that we do. It includes all of that. And so what we need to be really thinking about is that God is seeing. How many know, and God is watching. God is watching how you're doing at work. Don't try to make the distinction. Some of us, we we make that distinction. We said it before, church and work. God sees it all one and the same. That's the way God says. How many of you want to see like God sees? We need to say, God, open my eyes that I might see like you see, God. But that's how God sees it. So let's go back. So I go back. Let's go to our main text here in Matthew chapter number 25. So here we have the parable of the talents. And we read this at the beginning uh, of my sermon. So and understand that Jesus had right up to this point in Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, Jesus had basically given several uh, parables to warn the people to be ready for when he come. He wanted the people to know that he could show up at any moment and he's going to hold us into account. 
So he wanted the people to understand. He wanted the people to know to be ready because you don't know when your Lord's going to come and you need to make sure that you're doing the right thing so that when he comes, you will receive a good reward. Look at the name and say a good reward. And so in Matthew chapter number 25, Jesus basically portrays himself as a man going on a long journey. He's talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. And the idea is that he is coming back to reward and hold us accountable for how we work with the things that he has given us. So I want you to understand that Jesus sets this parable in the context of work. Everybody say work. He sets this parable in, within the context of work. Here Jesus introduces uh, three workers, three types of workers. And they are what we would modern day call, we would call them investment bankers. This is what we would call them. And, uh, and so they were given a responsibility. Their responsibility was, was, was basically to um, invest uh, their master's money and to make sure that, that there is a good return, a good um, return on their investment. That was their job. That was their responsibility. Now, two other workers were celebrated, and they were rewarded because they had talents, and the talents that they had, they, went, they used their talents, and they, and, and, and they actually invested, and they got a return. And, and Jesus basically, he rewarded, he celebrated uh, the two, and he said, you have been faithful over a little. I want y'all to hear that. I will set you ruler over much. The context is future tense. Are, are you hearing that? That's the context. You look at the parable. The parable is talking about future, in the world to come. It's talking about when Jesus comes back, how he's going to settle accounts with us. And so, so these two workers were celebrated. Because they had done well. They did a good job, and they were rewarded. He said, you've been faithful over a little. Now I will set you ruler over much. But then there was a slothful worker. He just kind of said, Lord, I hid your money. I didn't do anything with it. And the Bible, and, and, and the Bible calls him, Jesus said to him, you are wicked and you lazy servant, in verse 26. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have, been, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. And the Bible basically, Jesus basically condemned this worker to outer darkness. Now, why? Because he wasn't profitable. He didn't do a good job with what God had given him. How many know that God has given all of us a job to do? Amen? All of us have responsibility to do. And I want you to understand that Jesus is going to come back someday, and he's going to ask the question, how you did with the job that he gave? Did you profit? Were you profitable? Were you a good servant? Because you are accountable to him first. Everybody say him first. No, everybody say Jesus first. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And so Jesus using a parable to talk about these folks, but really, it, it, it really is a principle he's teaching that we need to be ready, number one, because he can come back at any moment, and then number two, we need to make sure that we are doing a very good job with what, uh, wherever we find ourselves working at today. Whether you're a nurse, a policeman, a teacher, businessman, businesswoman, you will give an account to God for that job. 
Did everybody believe that? You will give an account to God for that job. Because God, you know, there's a whole lot of scripture, and people don't realize this, but when you really search the scripture, there's so much talk about uh, talents, about uh, stewardship. How do you know stewardship is basically how you manage uh, stuff that somebody else owns? How do you know God owns it all? And God called us to be very, very good managers. So it doesn't matter where you are. Here it is. One day God's going to come back. This is why he gave the parable to show I'm going to look and see, okay, how did you do with the job that I gave you? How did you do with the responsibility that I gave you? How did you treat your wife? You remember that? How did you treat your husband? How, how did you treat your boss? Did you put in a good day's work? And the scripture says, like in 2 Corinthians, if we didn't do a good job, we would suffer loss. What that simply means is we won't be rewarded for that. And I said at the beginning that we want to be people that receive everything that God has for us. And anybody else want that in it for their lives? And so we, need, so, we need, so we need to understand that we're going to have to give an account to God for that. And so in many ways, as we said before, we are training now for reigning later with Jesus. The question is, uh, how are you going to reign in eternity? Look at your work as the platform toward eternity. That changes how everything is done, right? You really think of it that way? Because this is what God expects. And it says in Revelation, look at this, Revelation chapter 13, verse 14. Look at, listen to this verse. It says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, for that they may rest from their labors and their works follows them. Everybody say, my work, my work. is going to follow me. My work is going to follow me. My work will determine how I serve God in eternity. Boy, is that an eye-opener to anybody? Matthew 6, chapter 19, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Look at this. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So listen to what he's saying there. There's a way that we can take what we have here on earth and we can take it to heaven. How many, how many of you want to transfer what you got to heaven? See, it's the quality, it's the character of what we do. He says, he says but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither uh, moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in to steal. In other words, there's a reflection, and here's a, here's a point I want to make. He's talking about how we can take what we do now and how we can maximize it and take it with us to heaven and, and really begin to, uh, uh, to understand the eternity of it all and how that we can serve God and, and make a difference. How many know that you really think about it, the average lifespan on earth is how many years? What's the average lifespan today? Is it 70, 75? Compare that against eternity. Are you working for eternity? You know, this scripture here talks about laying up treasures in heaven. You know, realize that every time you take up an offering, can I say this? And, and you all know my heart, and I think you all know me. Everyone in this room, you know me. But you know that every time you saw an offering, 
that you're storing up something in heaven? Is your bank account just as fat in heaven as it is on the earth? Every time we sow into the kingdom of God, every time we take an offering, there's an opportunity for us to transfer that to heaven. How many know that our heart need, we need to be thinking about eternity? The point of it is, is we need to look at our work from the perspective of eternity. We need to understand that God's going to hold us in account for that. And how many know that, that God, don't, he, he don't discriminate as it relates to that? Uh, for now in closing, I want to talk uh, briefly about staying determined and focused in our work. How many know that that's one of the biggest challenges that we all face? And sometimes when I've come to understand that the mundane and the routine, uh, you know, we can get really, really bored and we can kind of lose our focus. And, you know, sometimes work, and how many, some, for me, for example, I've been working uh, in my, my other job, I've been working for some 24 years. Uh, how many know that's a long time? Uh, that's longer than some of you have been sitting here. Uh, and so I've been in that job for a very, very long time. And so it's very, very easy to think that, you know, you just go to work and, hi, you know, I'm just, I'm just here, and, and, and not really understand that, that you're on an assignment. Everybody say assignment. You are on an assignment from God. Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I love this verse. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to read that verse again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, that word immovable means not yielding to argument. I'm sorry, let me go back to steadfast. I don't want to miss that one. Steadfast means to be unwavering and to be firm. How many know that we need to be firm in our commitment to work well? We need to stay focused on Jesus. You remember uh, when Peter was walking, he asked Jesus if he could come out and walk on the water. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, how many know that Peter walked on the water? But the minute Peter took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? Peter began to sink. You know, in your workplace, we got to be steadfast. In other words, we got to make sure that no matter what is going on around us, that you don't get caught up in the drama. How many, how many got drama at work? I don't know about you, but there's all kind of drama on my job. I mean, drama, I mean, we can make movies right at my job. I mean, we can just, just put the, I mean, we can make scripts. I mean, it's drama. Every time I turn around, it's drama. But and one of the things I always have to tell myself is, Gary, you need to stay focused because you have a master in heaven who's watching you. And so I got to, listen, I got to do like Peter. I need to keep my eyes on Jesus in the process. I got to be steadfast. I can't be caught up in all this hoopla. I can't get caught up in any foolishness. I must stay Focus, And so we got to be steadfast. We got to be unwavering. Then we got to be immovable, not yielding uh, to argument or pressure. How many know that on our jobs, we can't compromise our principles, our biblical principles? Well, well, pastor, you understand everybody else on the job do it. They come late. Well, what do I got to do with you? 
Because you don't serve everybody else. Who do we serve? Oh, so somebody, somebody, y'all don't want to talk. Who, you, we serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. So listen, so, so I need to, do, I, listen, we need to dare to be different. That listen, that listen, that, that we need to be immovable. We need to not to yield to pressure. Not to yield to pressure to be like everybody else. But we need, we, listen, we need to avoid anything that will cause us to uh, kind of lose our way or anything that will cause us to compromise our values. We need to be people that stand on the principles of the word of God no matter what happens in life. No matter what everybody else is doing. No matter what everybody else is saying. How many know that the eyes of the Lord are in every place? And then he says that we ought to always abounding in the work of the Lord. Everybody say abounding. So we always want to be abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, here's the way that we look at that as Christians. Our work is unto the Lord. So if my work is unto the Lord, then I'm always going to be abounding in the work of the Lord. All of my work is to the Lord. So I need to abound. I need to produce. Everybody say produce. I need to strive to produce better than the person who is beside me. I need to dare to be different. I need to be, I need to abound in the work of the Lord. Why? Because I know that I'm serving my God. All your work, whether here at home, whether here at church, in the community, your site of employment, wherever it is, you, you listen to me, you ought to always abound. That means simply do a good job. Do a good job because your master is watching. How many know he's watching? And God is more concerned about your service than you just getting a paycheck. You're more concerned about the paycheck. How many know God ain't concerned about that because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof? God can provide to you out of the mouth of a fish. God can give you whatever he wants anytime he wants it. God ain't limited. How many know that this is all a test? It is preparation for eternity. I'm telling you, your attitude got to change. My attitude got to change. I am abounding in the work of this is God's work where I am. It may not have a big old cross on that building you work at. Some of it got some other things on that building. <laughs> it, it may not be a bunch of Bibles at the place you work at. There may not be pews sitting there. And there may not be people on the floor crying out and praying to God. Nonetheless, God is still there because you are there. And wherever you place your feet ought to be holy ground. Amen. I said it ought to be. If you there, how many know the church, we are living stones. So wherever you go, you're the church. We're having church at work. Every day you go to, listen to me, church. Church. Every day you go to work, we're having church. Every day. Church, why? Because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. And wherever I go, wherever environment walking, we have in church. And you may say what you don't, you don't, we don't believe and all that, that's fine. But Ali, you need to know we are having church. I'm coming as a representative to God, holy and acceptable. I'm laying down my life. I'm here to serve him because I understand that he is my Lord and I'm worshiping him even while I work. Matthew 6, look at this, Matthew 6, verses 1 and 4. I don't think you have this one in the back, but I'll just, I, I, I throw it in here. So take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men, 
to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Look at this, church. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. You ever met somebody, whenever they do something good, they, they got to let everybody know. You got to let everybody. Everybody got to know what I did. Because they, how many know, but as a Christian, you, all, you should already know that somebody already seen what you did, even if nobody else see what you do. That they may be, uh, watch this, therefore when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. In other words, unbelievers do that. That they may have glory from men. Let me ask you a question. Do you want glory from God or do you want glory from men? Which one? Pick your pick. I surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done, be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself, himself, reward you openly. God just wants somebody to serve in his presence. God is looking for people to serve in his presence. And he's saying that when we do it that way, he's saying you will receive the reward. God will bless you. Well, such and such and such didn't see what I did. They didn't give me a pat on the back. They didn't acknowledge my work. Some of us get downright upset about it. Man, you, I really got promoted. You know, if you don't get promoted, you know what you need to do? You need to go quick to start talking to God. I mean, it's he who promotes. Ah, good. Uh, that ought to make you excited. All you got to do is make sure you're serving right and doing the best you can. Do it unto him. If nobody else come and pat you on the back, so what? What, what I'm more concerned about is what God's thinking. Well, you know, I worked my tail off. Nobody saw I came in here. I picked up pay. Nobody saw when I was on the job how I came and brought donuts, and nobody said thank you. I came to this place, I did all, and nobody, even, they didn't even seem like they cared. That's why the scripture says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, always. He said, keep on doing good, keep on, keep, always, everybody say always. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, look at this, here's the other part, knowing that your work is not in vain in the Lord. Let me tell you something. Whatever you do in Jesus' name, how many know it ain't in vain? Listen, if you had to suffer through some things, if you had to endure, if nobody saw it, if nobody cared, if nobody respected you, I want you to know God said you didn't do it for nothing. Have anybody ever did something? You said, man, I'm just wasting my time. Or if you think that way, you got the wrong attitude. Because if you did it in his name, you didn't waste your time. The Bible says, in fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, for God, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name. Anything, look at the name, say his name. name. Not only his name, in that you also minister to the saints and you do minister. How many know that it would be unrighteous for God to forget your labor? Of love. So you know what? If I do it in Jesus' name, it ain't for nothing. You know, I can come in here and, some, and preach sometimes to an almost, almost empty place. I mean, I, I really like having the, 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 all the seats in here filled. Amen? Amen? 
I, I like that a whole lot better. I love y'all, but, but, but I like having this whole place filled up. But let me tell you something. The temptation is to think, man, you put in all the time and the work and their prayer, man, and they ain't even show up like they even care. You know what? I don't think like that for one moment. I may get a little discouraged sometimes, but it ain't because of the work, because the work, I know I received my reward for that because I did it in his name. I did it in his name. I did it for his glory. I preach for his glory. I teach for his glory. I live for his glory. And he said, Gary, whatever you do, it is not in vain. I know nobody seems like they care, but I care. You keep doing it as unto me because I'm your master. I'm going to reward you. I'm here to tell you this morning, that is a principle that I live by. And that's why, and so that, that means that you see people, but you don't see people. You see through people, but and you keep like Peter. You just keep looking to him. Because there's always going to be drama on the sidelines. There's always going to be drama. But if you can figure out a way to keep your eyes on him, you'll walk on water. But if you take your eyes off of him, you'll sink. If you start looking at people, if you start mimicking people, if you start wanting to get back at people, because they didn't treat you right, they didn't do you right, you want to do all of that, then you'll lose your way. How many know you'll start to sink? So what we need to do is we need to view our work from a eternal perspective. How many know that Joseph could have easily thought that he was forgotten? In fact, there was a, I think there was somebody that did kind of forget Joseph, but, but you know, how many know the Lord didn't forget him? <laughs> He was in that prison. It seemed like some years that went by. The Lord didn't forget Joseph. In fact, he blessed Joseph. I want you to know this morning, if you're thinking for one moment that you've done something and, and somehow that, that God forgot you, God sent me to tell you this morning, he ain't forgot you. As they, as they, sing, as they sing in the church I was growing up, help is on the way. Anybody ever hear that? Help is on the way. So be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abound in the works of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in Christ. Amen.